station. Four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee, presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City, alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. Having a live playoff on the PGA Tour was not something I anticipated when I signed up to do a Monday evening golf show. But that's what we've got. We've got a live playoff going on right now. The Northern Trust, Tony Finau, trying to win in the first time for the first time in like three years, I think. Five years. Five years. Is that where we're at, Steven? Jeez. So Tony Finau trying to make something Rico cool Open happen. In, in, yeah, Puerto Rico Open 2016. I mean, so the Puerto Rico Open used to have a curse. If you won the Puerto Rico Open, that was it. But Victor Hovland has ended said curse. Uh, Tony Finau trying to... Uh, you know, end that. By the way, he won that Puerto Rico Open in a playoff. That's his only win on the PGA Tour. But I'm happy he's playing well, and I'm going to say regardless of what happens in this playoff, because realistically the playoff should not matter when it comes to, of course, the one thing we're going to talk about, the one thing we talk about every week on this show, because we cannot wait for it, because it is only about a month away from actually happening, and that's the Ryder Cup. And honestly, and honestly, Stephen, the only thing I needed out of Tony Finau was signs of life, and he has shown me signs of life this week, because the way that they are going to stretch out... Uh, whistling straights, the way they're going to make it play long, it is going to play perfectly for Tony Finau, and I think especially after the way he played in France three years ago, as long as his game is rounding into shape at the right time, which it appears to be, he should be one of the captain selections for Steve Stricker. Well, I think we were both big fans of Tony going into whistling straights, and um, I've seen a couple of reports that he's been playing whistling straights a lot lately, flying to Kohler, practicing on the course, something that I'm sure Steve Stricker uh, knows a lot about, maybe has joined him out on the course, who knows. But, I mean, it's the type of course that fits Tony so well. He's a long hitter. And the, the thing I'm encouraged about from watching Tony Finau this weekend, but specifically today, was that putt that he just made on 18. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's what we haven't seen from Tony in the last couple of years. There's a reason that he hasn't won a PGA Tour event in five years. It's because he crumbles down the stretch. Cameron Smith is playing unbelievable right now. If he, wins, so damn good. if he wins, it's because he earned it. It's not because Tony lost it. And that's a different narrative than what we've seen out of Tony Finau over the last couple of years. He has 40 uh -oh. top 10 finishes since his last win. He is no question a top 15, 20 golfer in the world, and he has that talent, but he just can't close. And the fact that he has closed on Sunday, and he's putting together an unbelievable round. I think he shot a 63, uh, 64. He, he was the low round of the day. He shot 30 on the back nine, and I think he's about to win. Yeah. The, I, uh, the shot uh, by that the he way, hit on 13 uh, was he just piped one. So he just piped one down the middle. And Cameron Smith, I don't know if this is a provisional or if the ball is out of bounds, but he just had to reload. Oh, baby, give me Tony. <laughs> so it's it's looking pretty good for Tony Finau to win his second-ever PGA Tour 
uh, victory. And again, I don't know. <laughs> My guess is that it's out of bounds or not findable because he went to his bag really quick, <laughs> very, very quickly. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's it's out of bounds. The first one, uh, second one looks like it's going to be okay. But again, it's it, it's about this is something that Team USA has not done very well in the past, and that is using the captain's picks. Because I mean, the automatic qualifiers are the automatic qualifiers. You know, you, those are the guys that have earned their way no matter what. And in the past, you haven't had this many. You know captain's picks to work with. You haven't had six. Usually it's been, I mean, it's been as low as two. They've upped that to four. And now this year it's six because it's, it's kind of a super season in order to qualify. So they want to give captain Steve Stricker as much um, freedom as possible to select the team. But what team USA did in France in 2018, they didn't pick the players that would necessarily suit that course. What Team USA likes to do, even though they have, you know, they went out and have like the the research team, or I forget what what uh, what they call it, um, but the the team that's responsible for picking this squad, is they kind of hang around the top 12. And if we're just going to do that, just have 12 automatic qualifiers. You need yeah. to, and, and look, and Tony Finau is number 12. He's going to go up after this week. He was 12 heading into this week. But you need to pick players that are going to fit this course. You need to pick players that make sense for the team, make sense for um, for whistling straights. They didn't do that in France. That's where someone like Kisner would have made sense. Somebody that doesn't bomb it, you know, somebody that's going to be consistent off the tee and keep it in play, keep it in the fairway. Not the bombers that Team USA typically has. Now, because they have all these bombers, they're going to likely set up whistling straights to that advantage. I mean, they're not going to do anything crazy. I, I'm one of my favorite Ryder Cup stories is hearing uh, Paul Azinger talking about like cutting off of a branch of a tree because J.B. Holmes was like, yeah, that one branch right there, it's kind of in the way of this monster <laughs> cut I want. So so Azinger's like, yep, we're going to take down that one branch because it's in J.B.'s way. That's what you can do with the Ryder Cup. Now, obviously there aren't very many trees out on the property at Whistling Straits, but they're going to set it up to their advantage. And that's where having someone like Tony Finau makes a ton of sense. You're going to want guys that can bomb the ball and hit it far. And that's the only we've we've talked about Phil Mickelson in this space, Stephen. That's yeah. the only thing you can make me make sense is okay. Phil can hit it further than you know a Daniel Berger than a Patrick Cantlay in, in terms of them making the team. But Tony Finau showing signs of life to me, especially once he made the you know once he started making this run. But again, once those reports started surfacing of him making the run. And, and making the the flight up to, uh, well, up to Whistling Straits and playing practice rounds. To me, he already knew something that the rest of us didn't, and maybe that gave him the confidence to play as well as he has the last few weeks. Of Steve Stricker just telling him, "Hey, we're you're you're good to go, man. Like we know your game. We know you're cool under pressure when it comes to the Ryder Cup. You showed us a couple of years ago. Your game fits this course perfectly. We're going to choose you." Yeah, and I, I think fit is the most important part because there are plenty of guys that have played well enough to earn a spot of those 12. I mean, USA Golf is unbelievable right now from a talent pool perspective. But Tony Finau finished T10 in 2015 at Whistling Straits. It's a course that fits his mold. He has success there. He's obviously been practicing it a lot as he just dropped the ball right onto the green and will likely probably close out this playoff to get his first win. I think that the fit part with 
the unknowns of what Bryson is going to mean on that team. The unknown of Patrick Reed, who unfortunately right now is in a hospital battling pneumonia right now. We don't know what his status is going to be. We know that he's already been ruled out next week at the BMW per a statement from his wife. But we don't know what this is going to mean for Patrick Reed and his availability for a month away from right now. So you could have somebody like a Phil Mickelson who's going to be on that Ryder Cup team. You have to have a guy like Tony Finau who can just play with anybody. He's the ultimate good guy. And Gabe, I, I agree with you. I don't think that he's flying to Whistling Straits just to try and you know, be the good apple and, and, and point that out to Steve Stricker. I think he's flying out there knowing that this is a course that suits me. I've had a lot of long talks with Steve Stricker. Let's go do this thing for Team USA. Yeah, I don't think Tony's flying out there and then FaceTiming Steve. Hey, buddy, shot a 66 today. Oh, look where I am. (laughs) Oh, that's so weird that I ended up here. I don't think he's doing that. I don't think he's going to take time out of getting ready for PGA Tour tournaments and try to play that course and try to figure it out. My guess is if he's up there playing this early, and, and I mean, we are only about a month away, but if he's been up there multiple times throughout the course of the summer, my guess is he's being one of the advisors of, hey, you know, much like the story I just told about J.B. Holmes with uh, Paul Azinger, he might be one of the guys like, hey, what if we put the T here? What if Because he's one of the bombers that is going to be likely on Team USA, he could be one of the guys that's, hey, what if we did this, Strick? What if we set up the course like this? Because he's going to be on the team. He's not going up there and taking time out of his day. My guess is he's going up there in some sort of uh, advisory role so he can kind of get used to the golf course and give some suggestions about setup to Steve Stricker. Yeah, another thing I was really encouraged about from watching the Northern Trust was Justin Thomas because another person that we've spoken about a lot over the last couple of weeks, a little bit of concern about his performances on the big stage since winning the players. He has not had a top 10 since the players, and he came out and he had a heck of a run today. I believe he's going to end up being inside the top 10 at the Northern Trust. So to see him starting rounding into form, Jordan Spieth had a bit of an adventurous weekend, to say the least, um, at <laughs> no, Northern he Trust. Hey, he was Spieth. Like, Spieth was Spieth today. Like, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of good in Jordan Spieth, and sometimes it just really goes sideways. Today, yeah, great it just play. went really went sideways. Yeah, it was kind of a drunken uh, 72 for him, to say the least. I mean, he had, he had back-to-back birdies and then had back-to-back triples. I mean, that, that's... That, that sounds like something that I could pull off, but not, not one of the oh, best players in the world. Can pull off? I have pulled that off. you kidding me? I actually had a funky round. I, I believe I texted you about it last week. You did. I, I made four doubles and five birdies in the same round. I don't think I've ever made five birdies in one round. I certainly have made four doubles in, in one round before. But to have both of them together, shot a 76 yeah, I did that. That. Was, that was a drunken round. Oh, I've done that. I did that earlier this year. I had two doubles and a triple and six birdies in one round earlier this year. Was one, that your albatross? Uh, that was not my albatross round. I was just um, that was a round I was playing with a group of guys, and it was my first time playing with the group of guys. It, it was a good, decent group, and I won a lot of skins that day. I ended up winning a lot of money and six ended up birdies. buying we'll a get lot you some, of some skins. Oh yeah, exactly. It was that was. It, it was such a strange round where the triple happened, the two doubles happened, but then also six birdies happened. Like, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it happens from time to time. 
But, I mean, Spieth is safely on this team. I think it's safe to say that Tony Finau is on this team. You mentioned Patrick Reed, and he had already pulled out of this event. He had pulled out of the Northern Trust with an ankle injury. Yeah. Now he's not going to play in the BMW. Right now he's 22 on the uh, FedEx Cup points list. Who knows? I mean, I-, I have no idea if 22, because nobody knows how to, you know, the point system for the FedEx Cup work. Like, nobody has any idea. I have no- Do you have any idea? I know you get points. No. Um, no. So I don't know if 22 is safe. Like, I don't know if he's going to be in the top 30 and if he's going to have an opportunity to play before the captain's picks are going to be made at the end of uh, at the end of East Lake in a couple of weeks. So who knows what happens with Patrick Reed. Um, but it doesn't seem like we can have a week, Stephen. We just can't have a week without Bryson DeChambeau doing something weird, ridiculous, and stupid. Oh goodness, I just I just can't with him. Can can we just talk about some positive energy right now? Because Tony Finau just tapped in and won the Northern Trust, his first win in five years. So go America! <laughs> good for Tony, because Tony is a good dude, and he's had a lot of close calls. He was in a playoff earlier this year at uh, the Genesis Invitational as part of the West Coast Swing back in what was it January February? Um, he was so close there, and he close. I mean. It, Dude had to shoot a 30 on the back nine to get a play, get into a playoff today. Like, he chased yeah. down the number one player in the world, surpassed the number one player in the world in the tournament today, still had to go to a playoff because Cam Smith was able to make a couple of birdies coming in on the backside. But uh, Tony, uh, excuse me, Tony Finau is your champion at the Northern Trust this year, so congratulations to Tony. Uh, it looks very, very good for him to be on the Ryder Cup team. Certainly already on that Ryder Cup team or is Bryson DeChambeau. He's going to be an automatic qualifier. But he posted something very interesting today because he's Bryson DeChambeau and we had another talked day about him. that ends in Y Just for ha- Bryson DeChambeau. Haven't had something funky to talk about about Bryson for a week, so had to do it today. We'll dive into that coming up next on the tee. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. I love that you started with a gasp. Oh, it's perfect. So, I mean, I don't know. Did Bryson play this week? Did he make the cut? I have no idea. I I would love to we start weren't? a petition to just, just, just get him off the team. Let's just end it. Haven't been talking about Bryson this week. Didn't do anything funny or wacky. So, of course, today he's got to go on social media and post that he's going to be accepting an invitation to compete in the Professional Long Drivers Association World Championship in Nevada, which is Mesquite, Nevada, on September 27th. Um, he, he put out there, I want to show the world how incredibly talented and hardworking these athletes are. I've been working hard to get my game up to their speeds, so I have a chance. Cool. Cool, Bryson. You want to go and compete in the World Golf? And honestly... Like, this would be something that I would think could be fun. It would be kind of cool. Maybe I would see it. Here's the problem, though. Here's the problem. He does say he's still going to continue to play, uh, work and play his best golf with his regular day job. All right. And in a non-Ryder Cup year, 
I would say, you know what, Bryson? September 27th, that's kind of during, you know, the, the silly season for golf. It's during the fall schedule. If you want to work on that, because it is different. Despite him working to get his swing speeds up, like he's going to be swinging a longer driver. It's, it's different. It's different than trying to go out there and play on the PGA Tour. And here's why this is an issue. Stephen, what are the dates of the Ryder Cup? They are September 23rd to the 26th, 24th, 25th, 26th. Yeah, 26th. The uh, September 26th is the last day of the Ryder Cup. Any guess on when the Professional Long Drivers Association World Championship in Mesquite, Nevada is? I sure know the answer, and I'm not happy about it either. It is September 27th! The day after the Ryder Cup, Bryson DeChambeau is going to be competing in the World Championship of Long Drives. Well, you know what's good about this, Gabe? Is that Bryson can spend all day Friday and Saturday working on his long drives. Because he ain't going to play in that team competition. You know what? And I was actually, you know, I was actually warming up to the idea. I listened to the No Laying Up podcast this past week with Harris English. I would suggest listening to it. it yeah, is a I actually listened to it. Yeah, is a fantastic listen. And Harris, who has a really good chance at being on the U.S. Ryder Cup team uh, coming into this week, he was number eight on the Ryder Cup points list. So he's got a really good chance at making the team. He has played exceptional golf this year. His iron play has been fantastic, and. He has. He was a former college teammate of Patrick Reed. Both played at Georgia before Reed transferred out and went to Augusta State. And he said that he's got a really good relationship right now with Patrick Reed. Like, they've become closer than they were in college, and he feels like Patrick has grown up a little bit and had glowing things to say about Patrick Reed. And actually threw Patrick Reed's name out there as a potential teammate for... Bryson DeChambeau, because as as we've mentioned, like especially on an alternate shot, playing with with Bryson's going to be strange, but he thinks that Patrick would be up to that challenge. Like, hey, you can drive it anywhere. Patrick's got a great game. He's going to get up and down. But I mean, Patrick Reed's spot on this team is certainly up in the air as he recovers from pneumonia, expected to be released uh, from the 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 hospital down in Houston soon, and he's not going to be playing in the BMW Championship, which is coming up this week. Who knows if he's going to be able to play? Who knows if he's going to qualify, as we just mentioned, because he's number 22 currently on the FedEx Cup points list, top 30 get in. I don't know if not playing, how much that's going to affect him if he's going to be able to stay in the top 30. Who knows if he's going to be healthy enough to play before then? So who knows if if, if Steve Stricker's going to take him? I was warming up to the idea of Patrick Reed. Oh, yeah, you could kind of take these two guys, pair them together. Maybe they could work out something. But if, you are t- if you're Bryson DeChambeau and you're going to be taking time out of your Ryder Cup preparation to get ready for the world championship of long drives like i don't man like i don't i just do not want this guy on the team like he doesn't he doesn't mesh he doesn't fit he doesn't it, it, it's just very clear that he wants nothing to do with with the Ryder cup and i i don't want to get embarrassed at whistling straits and lose the Ryder cup to team europe and bryson dechambeau gives me zero confidence when he's on the golf course right now Here's the part about the Bryson story that frustrates me the most, is that in his own head, he continues to be the hero. And I want to read you a quote from him from an article on golf.com. Before you do that, Stephen, I've been so upset by this, I forgot to open the segment properly. We're talking about Bryson DeChambeau. We're talking about long drives. So it's all about the drive presented by our our friends at E-Old Automotive. Hit it. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? 
That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive, we make it easy. All right, now you can make your point that you were making with the quote from the Golf.com story featuring one Bryson DeChambeau who is really ticking me off by deciding to participate in the World Long Drive Championship, which is happening literally the day after the Ryder Cup. Gabe, I'm about to all about the drive my golf cart off a cliff after this quote. (laughs) Here is what he is talking about, why he decided to partake in the long drive and he was asked, will it impact his preparation for the Ryder Cup? Because as we have mentioned, he is a lock to be on Team USA because of points. He begins this quote in a very positive way, but the way that he ends it is peak Bryson. Here we go. It will not take any of my attention away from the Ryder Cup. I am fully dedicated to the Ryder Cup, and it's something I care deeply about. Representing Team USA is something I've dreamed about since I was a kid. It's something I get really amped up thinking about. I want to help bring home the trophy this year. Like I said, I wouldn't be doing all of this if I didn't truly believe it would make me a better golfer. How is that going to make him a better golfer, Gabe? The guy's the longest driver on the tour right now. He doesn't need more distance. No, He needs to figure out how to not miss a cut right now from inside 50 yards. It's... It's just so frustrating because, again, it is different. Yes, he's chasing speeds. Yes, he has done things that have changed golf and, and people have tried to chase after him. But he, he he's not going to be using his regular driver. He's going to be using a different driver. Unless he's just going to this thing cold turkey and not, like, doing any preparation. I, I just don't want his attention to be deviated off the Ryder Cup. I don't want him trying this different driver because it's going to be a little bit of a different swing despite everything that he's doing because it's a longer driver. It's different. It's it's not the PGA. You know. Like, Do you think he's going to show up on the driving range in Kohler with his little box next to him chasing 200 and just like bragging about it to all of his teammates? Like, he, I just feel like he's going to exile himself. Right out of the gates. I do not... I don't take anything off the table with him. Like, everything is possible right now with Bryson DeChambeau. Like, he is going to turn the ultimate team event, the best team event that we have in the sport, and make it about him. And that's my biggest fear. It is. It's... It's a fear that's currently being realized for me. It's it's just a fear that I... I just want... Team USA to be represented, and maybe I have, I'm just having like PTSD and flashbacks with how Aaron Hills was represented at, um, at the U.S. Open in 2017, and the rain, you know, the rain came and the wind didn't blow, and they tore it up. They had really low scores, and I think that affects the possibility of a U.S. Open, a men's U.S. Open coming back to Aaron Hills, and if. Team USA. The same thing happened at the Straits in 2015, right? Oh, I mean, the, the logo of Whistling Straits is Herb Kohler blowing wind on the course. <laughs> yeah, and the, the wind, wind didn't, didn't blow for that weekend, and Jason Day won at 20 under. I mean, the PGA would have come back because the relationship was so good at Whistling yeah. Straits with Kohler. Had the PGA not switched to a spring if it had stayed in August, I have no doubt that in 2025 the PGA would have been at Whistling Straits. I have no doubt in my mind because they're coming back every five years for... 
the, the PGA like clockwork. I mean, it was 2010, yeah. 2015, 2020 Ryder Cup. My guess is 2015, excuse me, 2025, they would have been back for a PGA had that not changed. Um, but, I mean, and, and, and them getting another Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits, maybe it happens again. It's just every, it's only every two years, and the U.S. only gets to host one every four years. So who knows what kind of rotation they're going to establish and if it's going to come back. But I'll tell you what, right now, if Team USA doesn't win at Whistling Straits, I don't like the chances of them coming back. There's going to be, oh, there's bad luck at Whistling Straits. We can't do that. And Bryson DeChambeau seemingly doing everything on a weekly basis to try to have, like, just be the biggest distraction for Steve Stricker in this Ryder Cup team. It's just so frustrating that every week we have to talk about Bryson doing something stupid. And in his mind, this is the frustrating part. He says it's about growing the game, and him going to this event is about growing the game. Do you want to know how you can grow the game, Bryson? Win the Ryder Cup for Team USA. <laughs> Be prepared for the biggest event that the sport has that is going to help grow the game, not only in Wisconsin, but around the world. Like, be a hero for Team USA. Don't be chasing distance because you think it's kind of fun that you're going to go lose by 50 to 75 yards to professional long drive guys. Also, like, what are you trying to prove is my, is my point. Uh, is, is- I just can't. Is participating in a long drive contest on a Monday during the football season really going to garner that much attention? Uh, is participating in a long drive contest cool at all? Uh, I, like I said, if this was a non-Ryder Cup year, do whatever you want, Bryson. But the fact that it's the day after the Ryder Cup and you didn't even think twice about it, and you're spinning this into, oh yeah, this is going to grow the game... Again, and if, make and it's going to be good for my game. How I just I just don't understand how it could possibly be a good thing for your game. Your driver has not been your problem, buddy. It's just so frustrating. So so frustrating. Annex Wealth Management is a proud sponsor of On the Team. It's time to know the difference. If you're ready to put things in order, so are they. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local independent partner. AnnexWealth.com is the website. Just click the Get Started button. Uh, it was a big week on the ladies' side. They had their first stage of Q School. Bobby Stricker had Steve on the bag. A uh, great shout out to the team at Wisconsin.golf. Rob Hernandez did a great job covering this. We're going to start talking about that we're going to break that down let you know how bobby did how some other girls from the state of wisconsin did in the first stage of the q school for the symmetra tour and lpga tour it's an awesome concept i love it we'll get more into that but first it's time for this week's cart girl moment of the week and now it's time for another cart girl moment presented by fairways of woodside hey there Sure thing, four vodka sodas coming right up. Can I get you lemons or limes to go with it? Oh, well, aren't you charming? That is really nice of you to say, but I don't think my sweetness really replaces the fruit to pair with your beverage. Anyways, that's going to be 24 bucks, and no, it does not include a tip. This has been another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside, home of the premium golf experience. Premium golf, service, and of course, the best golf carts with GPS and Bluetooth speakers. Fairways of Woodside. No 
ifs, ands, or puts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. one of my favorite parts about golf they would you know show it on golf channel and the final like stage was a grind it was six rounds but you know the top x amount would ended up getting pga tour cards and it was heartbreaking and thrilling all at the same time they've since kind of faded away from that on the men they have faded away from that on the men's side you can go to q school and get some sort of um status on the corn Ferry tour and now that's the way you have to do it so you know guys that would go to Q school and suddenly have to be able to skip that step that doesn't happen anymore unless you know you get enough sponsors exemptions you win much like Jordan Spieth did much like Matthew Wolf did much like Victor Hovland did much like Colin Morikawa ended up doing and you can you know get your PGA Tour status that way by winning on the PGA Tour and and being able to skip the corn fairy part but on the women's side, they had stage one of the LPGA Symmetra Tour Qualifying School. Bobby Stricker, unfortunately, unable to advance to the second round, but by making the cut in this event, she will have some sort of uh, status. She'll have, you know, just some status and, and be able to get into a few Symmetra Tour events, and that is the, the level before LPGA. And it was just cool being able to follow this all weekend, Stephen, because... Who is on her bag? And it's just becoming a family affair. And because people love Steve so much, they're going to love the story of his daughter trying to make this run. And Bobby trying to make this run, trying to make things happen for her. Steve was on the bag for her for this qualifying school. It's the first time she had played a four-round tournament and ended up just finishing outside the cut to make the uh, the second stage. Yeah, and I, I think that that's a big part of the story is that you know, she played at Wisconsin, but she hasn't really played a ton of competitive professional events like this. So the opportunity just to play in a 72-hole event for her is an opportunity of growth. And um, I, I've had the pleasure of walking alongside of Bobby with Steve caddying for her in previous tournaments. Actually, the last one I was at, Gabe, was at Brown Deer in 2019, I believe, when she was um, playing the Symmetra Tour qualifier, uh, which she ended up winning in order to play in that Symmetra Tour event. And um, it's a really special relationship. I mean, any sort of family relationship on your bag is is pretty cool. But it's it's really unique watching Steve as a caddy because Steve has his wife, Nikki, often caddying for her. Nikki also caddies for Bobby. And Steve is actually a very reserved guy. It's probably not a surprise for most people that have watched his mannerisms over the years. He's pretty reserved as a caddy. He kind of just lets Bobby navigate the course. And again, I'm speaking to 2019. I was not out in California watching them play this weekend. <laughs> but it, I, I think it's, it's pretty cool to watch how a father-daughter can be so close, have such a similar passion. And, you know, she has an opportunity to chase her dreams after – playing a full collegiate career and she can have it with a 12 time PGA tour champion and multiple time champions tour champion on her bag uh, as dad before coach. And I think that unique relationship is, is pretty special. And I, I was just reading some of the quotes after her performance um, 
after making the cut where she was kind of close to being in that exemption um, where I think it was Tess Hackworthy made it um, as, you know, she formerly played of um, University of Wisconsin. So former Badgers, a couple of years older than Bobby. And I'm reading a quote from, you had mentioned Wisconsin.golf, who was out there covering it. Great work by them as always. And <laughs> the quote from Steve talking about his daughter is her bunker play is awful <laughs> she knows oh, that's an issue her I, short I game is an that, issue man i can feel that my bunker game is also awful yeah but I, I mean i think to to be able to have that relationship as father daughter like i i know growing up sports and I, I could have my dad come up to me and just be like you were terrible and like and and that you know that that resonates with you a little bit more than just a caddy that um, you, you don't really know, or it could be a friend or, you know, whatever it may be. So to have that special relationship where dad can just be like, yeah, you were terrible today. Let's work on that moving forward. Um, I, I, you know, I will always root for Bobby, um, and, and Steve as well. Uh, I, I think it's, it's such a unique relationship and I, I hope that she does get that opportunity to qualify at some point down the road, because it really is such a grind and it's so hard to kind of get over that next hump after playing collegiate golf. Cause there's a, really talented pool of women's golfers right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I – mean, just think about – anytime I start thinking about professional golf on this level, and I, I have been fortunate enough when they've had the, the PHC Classic out at Brown Deer to play in some of those pro-ams and, and play with the, the very talented women that are on the Symmetra Tour. And they're so much better than – you know, if you play with the best player in your club, like they're so much better than than that person. Like yeah, it's unbelievable. Just so it's just unbelievable how much that next step is, and the talent level that so many of these women have. Now, a lot of times it comes down to between the ears because I'll never forget the first time I played in one of those pro ams. Um, I ended up winning the thing because I was I was I was playing pretty well and pretty steady. But the pro that we had, I mean, she was bombing in putts. She was just bombed it everywhere. I'm like, man, I cannot wait to see what she does. Come Friday, the first day of the tournament, she shot a, shot a 79. So clearly, you know, the, the, the mental aspect of the game was something that she had to continue to work on and continue to develop. It, there are so many talented uh, women golfers out there. And again, shout out to Tess Hackworthy. And because she was in 2019, she kind of did what Bobby did. You know, she made that first cut at 54 holes, but then did not make the uh, next step to stage two of the LPGA uh, qualifying school. So she and she, you know, and she made it by going up and down to make par on, on the final hole yes, to qualify. Did. So, I mean, that, that's an awesome story. Yeah, so she's going on to stage two. She had some, you know, she had some exemption, some status on the Symmetra Tour. Now, the problem with that is you've got to be able to get up and go, and whenever you can play in tournaments, you try to play in as many as you can, but because you're not going to be a full-time member of that tour, it's going to be tougher to get starts. You still will get some starts, as Bobby will get some. We'll have to wait and see if, you know, maybe she can qualify and, and make the event or get a sponsor's exemption in the PHC if that indeed comes back. Who knows if it is going to come back here to Milwaukee and Brown Deer next year after taking the last two years off with COVID-19. Uh, that would certainly be something that would be awesome for for Stricker, but this is this is the life that doesn't get a big enough light shown on it. Yeah, in in professional golf, it is such a grind to even make the tour before the big tour, and, and it I, is I, a grind. Yeah. I think of somebody like Jordan Niebrugge, who finished T six at the Open as an amateur, couldn't collect the winnings and 
he goes back, finishes college at Oklahoma State, and has been grinding on the, the web.com. And I believe he got to the Corn Ferry. But, it, you know, he finished T6 at one tournament. That's great. We, we thought he was going to explode onto the scene. But then some tournaments happen. Some things don't go your way. And, you know, it's such an international game now. It's similar to baseball, right? Like where you have to work your way up all those different levels and all those different teams. And you have no idea what you can and can't control in those types of situations. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Gabe. I, it's, it's such an unspoken part getting to that next level. And we have a lot of talented golfers in this state that are right on the cusp. So I hope that they can, you know, have moments like Bobby had over the weekend of positive, you know, play and Tess Hackworthy finally getting her shot. And all it takes is winning a tournament or two. You get some exemptions and you just build on that. Golf moves fast. Uh, so this is going to be the first time that a PGA Tour event has wrapped up during the show, and then we have to quickly turn around and look forward to the next event. We do that right now as we look forward to the BMW Championship as part of our fantasy golf segment. Who's in the red? Give me another ball. Take the drop, Roy. Roy, just... Give me another ball. Who's in the green? Happy learned how to putt. Uh-oh. This is where we recap the weekend in fantasy golf and prepare you for the next tournament. Brought to you by New Male Medical Center. Guys struggling with low testosterone, ED, and weight loss have had success at New Male. You can too. Schedule your consultation at newmail.com and discover the new you. So the BMW Championship, uh, they're heading to the Baltimore. The city of Baltimore for the first time since 1962 on the PGA Tour. Now, the BMW Championship rotates around. It's been in the Chicagoland area many a time. And, and this year, it's going to be at Baltimore at the Caves Valley Golf Club. So, John Rahm won this uh, event last year. It was a dramatic playoff where Rahm bombed in a couple of putts to defeat Dustin Johnson. Um, who do you got this week? Who is your grouper losses? One call, that's all, this week for the BMW. I think that... You know, we're, it's Ryder Cup season. Guys are going to try and work their way in. And, and just like we had a feel-good story with Tony Finau and Northern Trust, I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay to win in Baltimore and secure his spot on Team USA as my group of offices one call. That's all pick. How about you, Gabe? Uh, so first of all, I want to start by this. I'm really worried about DJ. Yeah. He started, he was playing without a driver this week at the Northern Trust. Yeah, he missed, I, the, he missed the cut by a shot. Like, what the hell's going on, DJ? Like, you know who also missed the cut? Kevin Kisner. But I digress. Yes. Um, I mean, and, and Kiz ain't going to make it. DJ's going to make it because he's, he's already qualified because of points. He seems DJ incredibly and lost Bryson right now. And, Oh, gosh. That's why I was so happy to see JT play well because, you know, those guys that are automatic bids, we need to start seeing them rounding into form with a month left. But DJ, like, the driver's the biggest weapon in your bag, and you... Played without one at the Northern Trust? The hell's going on out there? Uh, so <laughs> I don't see a playoff coming with Dustin Johnson this year, but the best player in the world right now. And he just missed out on the playoff today. And he is a big reason why I'm worried about Team Europe coming into Whistling Straits. That's John Rahm. Like, I cannot really pick anyone other than John Rahm. Dude finishes in the top five. Just about every tournament he enters right now. Like the yeah. only thing that can prevent him from st from finishing in the top five right now is COVID nineteen. Yeah, that's that's a crazy thing to say out loud. What a sentence. Um, 
But uh, yeah, maybe this is actually our solution for September. I got it, Gabe. Why don't we just just give up the point and put Bryson against Rom? If you, if you got to play Bryson Ooh. on Sunday, just just let Europe take that one. Get Bryson away from any sort of drama or pressure or something that could potentially watch the flag burn. I I, <sighs> I don't. I, John Rom is on another level right now. I mean, he is what DJ's season was like. Was that yeah last year, two years ago? Uh, Where yeah. he just he just won everything. I mean, he was he was top ten in everything. So, I mean, we're, he's almost on Tiger type of trajectory with the year that he's had. Uh, so yeah, this is what John Rom has done. So PGA Championship T eight. Uh, he was obviously in the Memorial. He had to withdraw. He was up by five. And they had to withdraw him. He then went and won the U.S. Open, finished T3 at the Open, despite not playing for a month. And then today, he also finished third. So T8 had to withdraw first T3-3. That is what John Rahm has been doing. He has been playing unbelievable golf. So I am going to take him as my Gruber Lawless's one call that's all this week because nobody is playing better golf right now than John Rahm. Yeah, I actually here's here's an unbelievable stat for you from Kyle Porter of CBS. John Rahm is the number one golfer in strokes gained in the last five years, four years, three years, two years, twelve months, eleven months, ten months, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. So he has literally been the best <laughs> strokes gained golfer in every single time period over the last five years. That is unbelievable. I mean, he is. And I'm so glad he did finally get that major championship because it was like the one, you know, I feel like he wasn't getting the proper due for as good as he is without that major championship. So for him to go out and get that major championship, especially the way he did, uh, I mean, good for him. Bad for Team USA when it comes to the Ryder Cup. We need to talk about a golf course in the state of Wisconsin. We're going to talk about one that Stephen and I are going to be playing pretty soon. Coming up, we're going to talk about that, that next on the team. Forget about changing that dial. More on the tee with Gabe and Steven next on 94.5 ESPN. On 94.5 ESPN, presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Running out of time. We've got to talk about a golf course in in Wisconsin. We do one that's just outside of Milwaukee right now, courtesy of our friends at Waste Management. Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. Morningstar Golfers Club. GolfTheStar.com is their website. Uh, we're going to be playing out there. We're trying to find a date. Uh, Steven and I were involved with Greg Matzik, who you can hear on WTMJ, sometimes filling in right here on 94.5 ESPN, and another teammate that we have here at Good Karma Brands. We're going to be going to play uh, Morningstar Golfers Club because of a season-long majors competition that we were all involved in. Yeah, i got to buy a lot of drinks, don't I? Yes, you are. Yes, yes, you are, my friend, because well, you were very, very bad at this game. If anybody who listens weekly hasn't already learned that by my picks lately. 
Hey, hey, hey. Uh, when's the last time you played Morningstar? It's been a couple of years. Um, when I first moved to Milwaukee almost seven years ago, wow, um, I played that course weekly. Loved it. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, I lived downtown, so it wasn't too bad of a drive. Um, it, it's kind of a course that you don't see a lot in Wisconsin. I, I think it's unique in that you have a lot of elevation change, and it's like true target golf around a lot of hazards. It, it, you don't get those type of courses in Wisconsin, which is why I loved it so much. Uh, so, by the way, the uh, elevation changes, some reach more than 100 feet, and I don't think there's a bigger drop-off than there is on hole 7, which is my favorite hole of the golf course. It is a yeah. par 5, but because you're hitting it so far downhill, you feel like you are just absolutely bombing it into well, this Well, you hole. can go anywhere, because well, what's the hole on the right side of it? That's 18. Eight, yeah, eighteen is you know I've I've played off eighteen before. That's actually you know what? seven. It's a pretty good it's a pretty good angle into the green. Yeah, and I, I love eight. I, I love all the holes that kind of weave around the the clubhouse. Uh, I, I think it's such a it's a beautiful backdrop if you're sitting up there and having lunch or having a drink and you look back down there. I mean it, it's it's a very attractive course to the eye, and it, it's definitely one of my favorites in the greater Milwaukee area, no question about it. And I think it's just because of the elevation changes, the fact that your ball is above or below your feet on most shots. There's a lot of water to think about. There's woods to think about on different parts of the course. I think it's just one of those courses that really has it all. Yeah, you kind of get a different feel on so many of the different holes. And you mentioned one of my other favorite parts about Morningstar Golfers Club, that back patio. It's a great place, post-round. Yeah. Post just sit up there. You can see so many holes off in the distance. You can see how people are playing them. It's it's a really cool atmosphere on that back patio, which they just redid a couple of years ago. I mean, Homer and yeah. I have done some shows from out there. It is a cool, cool place. 789 is an awesome stretch coming oh, in. Oh, yeah. I mean, 8 with all the bunkers on the right-hand side, and then 9, you've got all the water on the right-hand side. I mean, it's... It really, it's fun target golf. You cannot be poor off the tee or it is going to be a long day and a lot of, lo a lot of lost golf balls. Yeah, can be a very, very long day. But again, you get so much variety at that golf course. Again, you can book your tee time out there, golfthestar.com. It's a cool place uh, to go and tee one up. And again, it's not that far outside of Milwaukee. Just head down 43 and uh, you'll be there about 20, 25 minutes. And I mean, they, they're very efficient out there in terms of getting you through as well. They're very conscious about pace of play. I've talked with their ownership and management about that. That's something they love to make sure is, uh, and it is so important, pace of play. You know, you want people to come back if they're not members, and that's what's going to get you to come back if you have a good time, and, and the Morningstar Golfers Club does a good job of that. Yeah, and we want to give a quick shout-out to PGA Reach Wisconsin. Their auction oh, going on right now for PGA, for Wisconsin PGA. It's an awesome event. They're playing at the Bog tomorrow. There are a lot of Great, great auction items, auction items up for a silent raffle going on right now. You could bid for Ryder Cup tickets, everything. So check out the folks at Wisconsin PGA. Learn more. They have an outing tomorrow. Raffle and auction closes at 6.30 tomorrow night. Yeah, check it so out. again, you, you mentioned it. You don't have to be playing in the events, which you've had to have been registered for by now. Just to, I mean, you, we, we, we tweeted out the link. Um, from your account, which is at WISN underscore Watson. Mine's at GeneEitzel16. You can find it on Twitter. You can find it on the Wisconsin.pga.com website. Like you mentioned, uh, they've got a, a stay-and-play destination, a cola. They've got Hamilton tickets, Ryder Cup tickets, um, you know, some pretty good value right now on a number of different golf courses, some of which are private, like one we got to play earlier this year at Strawberry Creek, 
where you can bid on rounds of golf there. They've got golf clubs, rain suits, gear, shoes, so many cool things. Make sure you check them out, again, through the Wisconsin PGA. They've got it on there, at Wisconsin PGA on Twitter. You can check out our Twitter page as well uh, if you want to check that out. Uh, Again, all benefiting uh, their junior foundation. So great stuff. Spend the money. It's for the kids. For the kids. It's always for the kids. We will be back once again next week. This has been On the Team.